0: Grow your business in Slack. Visit Slack.com to get started. Halloween is on a Saturday this year. It's two Saturdays away from today. Plus, it's going to be a full moon and the second full moon of the month, which makes it an extra special blue moon for all the Halloween people out there. This was going to be a good one. Then came the pandemic. But as far as I can tell... It hasn't stopped people from decorating. It certainly hasn't stopped the grocery stores from selling candy. I've even seen videos of people building like these little candy shoots to deliver candy from a distance, from like the front door down to the sidewalk. The question is, will it be safe to go out there on the 31st and trick or treat? And after that, how about Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and New Year's? This felt like a good time to ask if the holidays are on or if we have to cancel them too. I asked Dr. Aaron Carroll. He's a professor of pediatrics at the Indiana University School of Medicine. Go Hoosiers. Dr. Carroll, are the holidays canceled this year?
1: Well, they shouldn't be. Uh, You know, certainly I can imagine a scenario where things could be so dangerous that they need to be, but that'd be very few places around the country. I think if we take proper precautions, a lot of holidays can still be pretty safe.
0: Even though a lot of the country seems to be experiencing what people are calling a third wave, we see cases ticking up almost everywhere.
1: I mean, this is the thing. First of all, it's important to understand that the country is a big place and that just because some areas are experiencing a third wave doesn't mean that every place is experiencing a third wave. So first, I really want to know what's going on in my backyard. But even if we are entering a new period where disease is becoming more prevalent, I'd argue that we should still be doing many of the same things to keep ourselves safe that we should have been doing before the third wave. If we were all doing a good job of trying to stay outside as much as possible, not spending a lot of time inside near people, masking up, having no close contacts, washing our hands constantly. That's the same advice I'd give people in wave three that I would have given people before wave three. Mm. Uh, If we all did a really good job of that and individually trying to do things as safely as possible, that'd be better than all the restrictions.
0: Let's talk about some of the particular problems that these holidays that are coming up present, starting with Halloween, where you'd have potentially a bunch of kids Hanging out together on sidewalks, in front of houses, potentially in their homes, where you have a lot of people potentially interacting. What do you think is the safest practice there for communities across this country?
1: If I had to design uh, an activity that could potentially be safe during COVID, I'd have a harder time coming up with something better than trick-or-treating outside. about it. If families congregated together in units that were already pods because they're living together and they agreed to walk around, kids would want to wear masks. I mean, it's the holiday where you could encourage them (laughs) and decorate a mask to put on. We could tell people, okay, you know what we got to do? We got to put like little dots on the walkways to show where six feet apart is so we could wait our turn to get candy. We could put the candy outside in individually wrapped Wrappers, yeah. which we told kids, don't open it until we get home and clean off your hands or anything else so there's no no touching each other. You could even parcel it out and leave it out, separate it outside so kids could pick it up. It's on a Saturday. We could agree in neighborhoods to say, let's start at 3 p.m. and, you know, stagger it by age groups. It could be an extended, de-densified holiday where if we all put a little work into it, we could make it
0: safe. <laughs> ¶¶ the CDC put out guidelines on Halloween that said going door to door is a higher risk activity. "Quote unquote, higher risk." I do you know, think? Know, do you think the CDC is wrong on that?
1: I think they're looking at this as binary. They're thinking like, well, you know, look, look, if we're if we're ringing on doorbells and people are opening in and we're spending a minute talking to each other, and while we're talking, another group comes up and gets in our face. Yeah, this is a recipe for disaster. And I'm like, yes, that is. But I just described a completely different scenario. What I'd rather they do is say, hey, this could potentially be unsafe if we're not careful about it. So let's talk about all the things we need to do in order to make this safe. And if you can accomplish all these tasks, then it's it's really low risk. And then that's great. Let's do that.
0: Let's talk about something that makes it harder to be safe completely, which is like combining households for holidays like let's say Thanksgiving or yeah. Christmas or Hanukkah uh what do you do when you have to say combine your bubble with your parents bubble with your siblings bubble and all of a sudden you've got 20 people in a room eating food in a close space something like thanksgiving
1: So I wouldn't do that like that's where it's like I'm saying like yes I cannot find a way in my head to say 20 people who have uh, many other exposures, sitting inside, eating together, or even worse, like spending the week in each other's houses, that's a recipe for disaster. But that doesn't mean you can't have Thanksgiving. So it's not terribly cold in some parts of the country. Maybe you can sit outside far apart. Maybe you could decide to have the meal apart and then just hang out together, again, distanced, outside, all the rules I said before, masked up, What's what's important is often the social contact and the, the relationships that we have not necessarily going through the same motions every single time. It would be impossible, as far as I can tell, for us to like invite extended family to fly here, to spend a couple days in our house, to eat all together. Like I I can't make that safe, especially since my oldest child's gonna be returning from college the day, mm-hmm. you know, a day or two before Thanksgiving. We have to quarantine him first. We have to mm. like, you know, make sure that he's safe before we start exposing him to grandparents. So we may wait two weeks and have a later Thanksgiving with my wife's parents or something like that if we choose. But you know, if we are all super quarantined and her parents are super quarantined, and we've made Jacob wait two weeks to see if he's, you know, not got it, then it's a different calculation, and we can try to come up with ways to do it as safely as possible. <laughs>
0: I imagine that's hard for people to hear, especially thinking ahead to the end of year holidays, whatever you might celebrate, New Year's. People who haven't seen their families for six, seven, eight months who are trying to close out the year and head into winter and the new year with their loved ones. Do you think people are going to be breaking the rules that they've set for themselves throughout the year?
1: Yes, and I think I think, but it's part of the problem too is I think we keep we keep talking about this as if this ends on December thirty first. <laughs> I constantly feel, find myself being the voice of doom. I think we're going to be doing this well into twenty twenty one. I I just think that we're in this for the long haul, and we need to get used to this. And this is also why I'm like we need to find ways to live with this now, uh, and try to find ways to do all these things safely because abstinence only. Is only going to work for so long, yeah. and this is not going to be over in two months. It's not going to be over in three months. Um, I'm worried it's not going to be over totally over next summer, and so it's or even beyond potentially. So I think we have to find ways to do things and be connected safely, as opposed to keep saying we can't do these things at all.
0: What do you say to people who are saying, you know what, I'm just ready to rip the Band-Aid off and get it so I can move on with my life?
1: Look, I have kids. I do this all the time. So it's like when my daughter is losing her mind and she's like, I can't take this anymore and no one else is following the rules, I we negotiate. What do you need? What is the problem of me asking you to wear a mask and not hang out in the basement? Because we're going to have a serious negotiation that can we make this better and still be safe in this way? It's the same thing I would do as a pediatrician, to be honest, as, as a parent with sex. It's like, we don't say, don't ever have sex, we say, okay, we know that you're going to engage in activities. Let's talk about how to make them as safe as possible. Let's talk about, you know, what is more risky, what is less risky, what you need to engage in versus what you want to engage in and what really might be too much and might not be too much. And how do we minimize risk as much as possible and keep you as safe as possible, as opposed to saying, like, you either do everything I say or that, you know, that's it. We know that doesn't work. Um, And yet we keep trying that with COVID too. It's not. It's not the way to do it so when people are like i can't take it anymore it's like well what do you what do you need that you're not getting if it's you need halloween i can get you halloween <laughs> if it's you need thanksgiving i can get you thanksgiving we just have to be thoughtful about it uh and that the problem is i think too often we're just like either you can have everything or you can have nothing and and it's we're just not good at sort of those trade-offs and, and negotiating the shades of gray
0: All right, so the holidays aren't necessarily canceled, but for a lot of people, the safest thing to do will be getting together with your loved ones virtually. How to make that not suck after the break on Today Explained.
2: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, And get your child's assessment for only $29. That's SYLVAN29.com.
0: Today, today explained. It's today explained. I'm Sean Ramos for And like you, I've been hanging out with my friends and family virtually this year. And like you, I've found ways to try and make that experience more dynamic games, music, costumes. But the holidays, are a different story. And most of us haven't been through that cycle yet. But S. Bear Bergman has. He's a writer and storyteller in Toronto who recently published a piece for Vice about how he made the holidays work from a distance.
3: I did. You know, for those of us who are Jewish, we have already now had all of our major holidays, uh, our big food holidays, if you will, (laughs) during the pandemic. And it occurred to me that... We've definitely learned some things, and I know that Christians are sort of heading into their big one-two Thanksgiving and Christmas season right now. Uh, So I wanted to write an article and just kind of share some of the things that we've learned that I thought might be helpful.
0: What have you learned? What are the tips you have for people from your experience this year?
3: The first one, honestly, is... Do something special. You know, I definitely understand people feeling like, oh, I couldn't possibly. It's sad. It's exhausting. I don't have the energy. Why would I bother for just, you know, me and my immediate family or me and my housemates But one of the things that I think we've really learned is that doing something special helps to bring the special feeling. Cook the food, decorate the things, put on your fancy outfit, even if you only put on the top half of it, (laughs) right? Like, no judgment, maybe go wild, put on shoes. Um, but think about how you can really participate. And there are sort of a couple of different locations of that. One of them is food. I'm Jewish. So, you know, we're always sort of thinking about, okay, but what's the snack possibility in this scenario? (laughs) So one thing you can do that's food related is your grandmother or your great uncle or your auntie or your mother-in-law whoever makes the like special holiday thing get them to make it on video and everybody cook along like this is the year that everybody learns how to make the sweet potato casserole or the meatballs or whatever it is that it's just not a holiday without
0: All right, so we've got putting on your holiday best, doing a cooking class with the fam. What else?
3: You can also do what is basically a potluck. If you only know how to make your chicken soup with matzo balls for 40 people, and there's only four people in your house right now, make it for 40 and then package it up, get your other family members who live close or your friends and let everybody make their specialty. And then the morning of, package it up, drive around town, drop off chicken soup with matzo balls at everybody's house, or whatever is the thing, the meatballs, the tamales, the feast of the seven fishes, whatever is your your family thing that you do. And then at least you can all be eating the same thing while you're on a Zoom call together. You can all be having, you know, your mother-in-law's famous macaroni cheese and telling her how great it is. That's good for a couple minutes, for sure.
0: I like that idea. Did you try that with Passover or Rosh Hashanah? Uh, We did a
3: version of it with Rosh Hashanah, where we cooked several different things, and a couple of other households cooked several different things, and then we sort of played match and win until everybody had a whole dinner. Hmm. It really felt like a holiday, not just... I went to a lot of trouble to make a fancy meal for the same people who always eat at my table. Like, part of what's great about a holiday is you get to eat other people's special food. Yeah. You know, which I love. I love that, too. What about
0: after you eat?
3: Pick a meaningful reading and everybody read a paragraph going around the table. You know, look up your land acknowledgement and figure out what indigenous land your celebration is actually taking place on and find out, you know, what the history of that land situation is. It makes it less like, oh, I'm just eating my food in front of my screen and looking at your food, right? So like, you know, everybody pick a name and make a toast to one other person at the table and just talk about like why they're great. For a full minute,
0: and everyone's going to pick dr fauci
3: i mean i'll I'll take dr fauci i could give a <laughs> i could give a one minute toast on why he's great right now you i wouldn't even need to prepare in advance
0: go for it R- really yeah, sure I'd listen to that it sounds like the dogs would too
3: dr fauci has. Held on to the best in public health guidance, regardless of politics, since before the beginning of the AIDS epidemic. Fauci has been 100 percent not squeamish, not moralizing, fully engaged in the question of what is going to deliver the best health result for the most people In the soonest amount of time, he never participated in the homophobia that was related to the AIDS crisis or in the shaming of people who use drugs, just like he doesn't participate in the shaming of the people now who aren't, you know, even engaging in public health guidelines. He's just steadfast and straightforward, consistently doing the work to the highest level. I came on here to talk about stuffed cabbage, and now
0: we're doing public health. Could you pass the cabbage?
3: I can. I will. I just—I feel like uh, I'm ready to show my range today. Apparently.
0: (laughs) Bear, I'm gonna—I'm gonna raise my glass and give my my holiday spiel's about you this year. I really appreciate (laughs) your time. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Happy Halloween thanksgiving hanukkah and uh you know boxing day up in canada
3: yes yes we do uh we do have boxing day we did already have thanksgiving though in in october
0: belated yeah but yes
3: i i happily accept your your belated canadian thanksgiving wishes
0: S. Bear Bergman is a writer based in Toronto, Canada. Some of my favorite friends and family are out there in Toronto too. I missed them, but we Zoom on Sundays. Midweek shoutouts to them. And to the Today Explained team, Will Reed, Muj Zaidi, Halima Shah, Amina Al Sadi, and Noam Hassenfeld, who did not write this song, nor did Breakmaster Cylinder, Extra help this week from Bird Pinkerton and Cecilia Lay. Afim Shapiro is our engineer. Golda Arthur is our supervising producer. And Liz Kelly Nelson is Vox's editorial director of podcasts. Today Explained is part of the Vox Media Podcast Network.